welcome to a new episode of Catching Fire, How Teams Win, your favorite podcast about team performance and company culture. Today we have with us Christian Herman. Christian is the Director of Organizational Efficiency at Molex Germany, and also he's a client of mine. Hi, Christian. Hi, Mohamed. How are you? I'm doing good. Very happy to have you here. And as you saw, I started at the beginning by mentioning that you are a client of mine. But guys, I just want to mention something important. Christian really is one of the best people that I would, I, I was happy that he accepted the invitation to come here. And I mean it seriously, not because we are uh, on the recording, Christian. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and um, uh, his character, his ethics, is, um, his behavior is something that we look up to. And it was like this before even we started working together. And that's why I was happy and honored that he accepted this invitation to come here. I'm really, really glad to have you, uh, Christian. Thank you very much for giving so much credit to me, Mohamed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Christian. And um, I'm happy to be here, to be honest. I, I feel that it will not be the last time. Yes, maybe in the future we can get you again. Let's see. <laughs> or, or who knows? Maybe, for example, we can meet together and make a video instead of only a uh, uh, podcast. Let's start I, with the podcast and see I, how I this so. goes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, in the same location. That's what I meant physically, together in the same location. But we will see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you, this is the appetizer or the opener. From your own point of view, what is one thing that newly appointed leaders should focus on when they become in leadership positions that can help them have a good start with their teams? It is like always, uh, Mohamed, it depends, right? So um, depends a little bit on the environment where they are working and what kind of teams they take over. Um, I think the most important part um, I would recommend is to uh, build trust. Hmm. This is the take care on building trust. This is the fundamental basis of, um, of every team building. And um, when I can say some words about, let's say, how I started to be a, be a manager, I was pretty young. I became nearly 24 um, when, I, uh, when I started to be a supervisor. It was a pretty small team of IT. So um, um, I, I really didn't have the chance to, to um, manage by fear or whatever. So I was somehow pushed um, to, um, to start a more communication and cooperative style. And um, so uh, the important part is really to understand your team, to understand the strengths and the weaknesses of the team. And um, especially in the first days, weeks, and so on, uh, I think the important part is listen uh, and observe uh, carefully yes. um, about your team. Yeah. Yes. 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 I, I, by the way, I totally agree. And do you know what, uh, Christian, from my own point of view, I believe that two things. I believe first that uh, um, we are underestimating the power of building trust or the importance of building trust. This is the first thing. And the other thing that I also see is uh, when people understand the importance of building trust or leaders, they believe that they have it naturally. From my own point of view, uh, building trust, there are strategies and techniques that you need to understand and to learn. Yes, maybe by nature, you are a trustworthy person that you can and you can bond with other people. But also what I would love to refer to that I hope in the future, more leaders would focus on answering a question like, how can we 
find better ways to build trust faster with our team members and not only um, uh, focus on learning by doing or what they learned in their previous uh, lives from their bosses and that's all you understand but it's yeah. very very important point that you mentioned here uh, building trust and by the way uh, sorry continue i want to say something yeah no no you go go ahead with by the way yes and by the way i can totally uh, you know visualize how you are doing it with your team because i want to mention the story here you didn't know that i will mention this story by the way i want to mention the story how we started together you remember mm -hmm. the remark that i told you before um, christian is uh, german and mm -hmm. and uh, when usually we started by chit chatting together on whatsapp if you remember before becoming clients and knowing each uh, uh, before becoming my client and knowing each other personally and if you remember, I told you that one of the things which impressed me directly, that when I sent you the message to reply, okay, yeah. uh, I found you sending me and sending me emoticons and smiley faces and all of this stuff. And the message from you was so warm. And this, I told you, and I'm repeating it again here uh, on the podcast, was unfortunately not the norm specifically in Europe and Germany. The people a little bit are meeting each other in a conservative way but you just made a breakthrough you just came directly and, and sent this message in a very warm way and smiley face all the stuff i said wow this can be a very good start together so automatically when we started speaking in our call number zero together i felt as if i know you you understand i just had yes, to mention this one yeah i fully, fully get your point and i'm glad that you were saying this um and uh, yes i think the, the, the issue with just written text is uh, that there's so many ways to make an interpretation of it. Mm. That's why I think it's it's for most of the communication, it's not too bad to add some kind of uh, emojis in it um, yeah. to better express how you mean it and how you see things. So that, that's what I loved about it because during this time, you were not still director of organization efficiency or director of engineering during this time, right? Yeah. And and even though. Uh, you were a well-respected person, very knowledgeable, uh, very educated, but you were not shy how you be perceived. Because I know a lot of people inside the companies, face-to-face, -face, or even in messages, they are trying to get to the point and be direct, not make any smiley faces, not jokes, not nothing emotional in their message, because they want, they believe that by doing this, they are taken more serious by the others. Mm. And from my own point of view, at least my own experience, this is the wrong approach. Yes. Yeah. I will take you serious no matter if you are laughing or not laughing, and I will respect you, okay, because of your ideas and thoughts and how you treat others and how you treat me personally. Not because I will not disrespect you or, for example, belittle you just because you were trying to be warm in a message. You understand? Yeah, I got your point. So, and I think I think it's it's pretty hard to keep keep this picture up if so if you try to be um uh, if you try to be uh, help me with the word but um if you try to be um say it in any language that you want yeah uh, uh, if you if, if i'm even miss it in any kind of language <laughs> but uh, no no um if you if you want to show something that you are not Right. Um, hmm. So if you want to hide something by having a plain text communication and just being a little bit uh, 
restricted or I don't know how to say it. I but, keep a barrier um, between you and the other people. Barrier. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's if it's unnaturally for you, uh, you cannot keep it over the time. So that's why I I rather start directly in that way, um, uh, like we started. So I don't need to hide anything. So you do know me already from the very beginning. Yes. Yes. I'm honored, really, Christian. Speaking about relationships, yes, sure, you want to add something. I would like to add, because, so the, one of the, the, the major things I would like to, to give um, others with them, especially on building the trust, um, um, is uh, regarding this, the point that I made about listen and observe carefully, um, especially when you get to know people, your own team especially, um, it's super, there's so much importance in this observation and carefully uh, watching what your team is doing and how they are doing and where they have issues and where they're where they doing good things. It's especially in the very first time, focus on the good things and appreciate all what your team is doing and each individual mm -hmm. and um, be thankful what they are doing. And, um, but in a meaningful way, not just, hey, well done, really, understand what they are doing and understand when they are doing something special, something good, where even they would say, hey, I, I on myself didn't expect it that I will make this, but obviously I made this happen. And if you catch this point and then you, you um, give them credits for this, right? Um, this is the super important point. Then they start to see you in a different way as a manager who, is not just um, oberflächlich. Uh, uh, looking, looking to the surface or, 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 or shallow, yeah. Yeah, it's yes. not, not just looking to the surface um, uh, of you, but looking more deeper into and have a more deeper understanding of yeah. what, is, uh, what is important. Um, this is the fundamental basis of trust that there will be the time when your team or some individual will mess up, mm. however, and you need to make corrections on it and you need to come up with saying, say, hey, by the way, this is the way next time where we need to improve that cannot happen again, whatever. And I can tell you, they, rather, they will listen to you when they know, oh, it's not Christian who's coming every day and complaining about whatever comes across. Mm -hmm. If they know, oh, Christian really, he has a feeling for when I did something good. And when he's now saying something, what is not running that good, they are very more listening to it. And this is, that's why it's so super important to build the trust in that way. Of course, what you're saying is 100% true. I, wa I wanted to add my st uh, story. Mm -hmm. I, uh, uh, in context of what you are saying right now, uh, when, when I was a corporate employee, I used to hate when I used to see standard email, uh, thank you email sent to anybody. For example, you yeah. see somebody send you the same way. Thank you so much for this one. And that's all. Come on, guys, let's put some emotions. Let's be a little bit specific. Let's credit the people in a better way in front of their management and uh, and uh, and even the manager of their managers, of their manager. And send, but just putting thank you, it reminds me, or, or for example, just writing something without uh, emotions in it. And that's all. Uh, something that I hated. It reminds me a lot of social media. For example, if you are going on LinkedIn right now, uh, LinkedIn is trying to uh, save you the effort. When you see somebody, let's say, having a work anniversary or changed, and you want to comment on it, you see them putting you already three options to choose from. 
and that's why and that's why if you look at the work anniversary down and somebody is writing something you see the same congratulations for a new job congratulations for a new job congratulations why because they just they, the people got used to the automation to the extent that they don't want even to be different they just wanted to press the button and they know that they will look similar to the others but they don't care and this is exactly what's happening in the corporate uh, especially for example during my time and i'm repeating it or mentioning this story why because it reminded me of what you said right now when you started saying uh, the people has to understand your, your team has to understand that you are uh, aware of what they are doing that you can notice if they are doing something well okay and that you are not just uh, uh, dealing with the things as if they are normal or standard or just uh, tell them uh, good that you did it or thank you in a cold way and that's all no that's why that's why it's important what you said and that's why i remembered exactly the story uh, from the corporate time yeah 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 i fully agree okay what about the team speaking about the team how do you make sure that your team is engaged especially if you work remotely you know before even corona let's not say because of the corona but before even the corona and especially if you are a director level or vice president level uh, most probably you have a team which is uh, distributed uh, in, in different locations around the world so how do you make sure that your team is engaged if especially if they are remote or, uh, or or if you have different team members in different locations around the world yeah so that's that that's an, uh, a super interesting topic um in the overall i i tell can tell you i cannot control the team i cannot control them in all the deep things on the one hand um Hopefully my team has way more knowledge about what they are doing than I do. Um, so I need to trust them. So going back to question number one, and that's how I usually build up uh, teams when I create new, or let's say get take over new teams. Um, in the overall, um, um, building trust is something over that we do over time. And that's why I usually have frequently one-on-ones with my teams. So at least uh, on a weekly basis, um, I always have everyone in my one-on-ones, even those who don't want to. <laughs> I give them, yeah, I give them just a 30 minutes slot um, and tell them, hey, it's, and we can talk about each and everything they want. We can just, we can just chit-chat about uh, private things, right? Yes. So there does not need to be something um, which is directly attached to the, uh, to the, to the work, to the work life. Mm. Um, um, and uh, they can as well choose to talk with me about uh, specific topics, uh, about projects, issues they have, experience with other team members, maybe things they have, um, issues they have with in the organization. So it's pretty freestyle. It's it's their 101. It's not my 101. It's their 101. So they can decide in which direction they want to go. And uh, usually... Um, this this works out pretty well so most of the time the 30 minutes are well occupied with on the one hand surely a little bit private discussion to get always a little bit closer to each other but um although although those team members which didn't expect it that something will get out of the 101 even they started to build habits yes. like like um taking or collecting over the week things they will take with me with them uh, to the to our one-on-one -on -one. and then they start up and say hey by the way Christian so there's another point that I took over the week when I was in the meeting there I wanted to discuss with you so and I then that's the point where I think say yes that's a good good point so 
especially they know they have the trust that every time the one-on-one -on -one happens, so they can take all their thoughts, they don't need to catch me and find me there left, right, or in any kind of meeting. They know that at the end of the week, beginning of the week, in the middle of the week, wherever, they can catch me in, in our own one-on-one -on -one and can get all through the topics. That's super helpful in the way in both directions. This is this is really amazing. I love the topic of one-to-one -one weekly and discussing anything. You know, it, it removes the barriers and, and makes the people calm in approaching you later in the future if they have troubles and they speak openly with you. I remember I had a discussion one time with an executive. This executive asked me, he said, I want to improve my, the relationship, uh, uh, my relationship with the other people, no matter if they are uh, my employees or outside. I told him, okay, let's start with the employees. Here is one small advice. He told me what I told him, start in the next coming four weeks. Start speaking with the people without making them feel that they cannot approach you except in urgent topics or that you want them to get to the point. Okay, because the more that they see you tension or all on the run all the time, the more that they will try to get to the point. He told me what's going to be the difference if I do this strategy for four weeks. I told him, here is what will happen. We teach the people how to deal with us. So if I'm right now an employee and you are my supervisor right now, and I see all the time that you are on the go or running and all of this stuff, and that you don't have time for me, or for example, you are giving me the message that you are under consistent time pressure and you, are not, uh, you don't have time for me, then I will most of the time try to come to you only when urgent things uh, only when when i need the, uh, your attention regarding urgent things this one and two i will try to make it super to the point without getting any uh, other discussions uh, in the middle between us i will not trigger anything so for example i can come knock the door on you let's say today's monday we had a weekend I will knock the door, come inside and tell you directly without hello, how are you? How was your weekend? Nothing. I will come directly and tell you, uh, Christian, I want you to sign this one or Christian can please do this one. And then I will run away from the office. Why? Because in my imagination as an employee, I have the pressure that every moment that I'm spending with Christian, uh, I'm wasting his time. And if I'm wasting his time, then he's perceiving me in a bad way. So I have to give him fast without emotions what I need and run fast. And accordingly, a lot of relationships are being damaged. Because at the end, they will not approach you at all to share with you anything. You will be surprised by a lot of actions from their side. They can leave the company suddenly and show you, I, I'm quitting and you don't know why you didn't even show it to me or discuss with me before. Yes, because I don't feel that there is an open door between us or there is a, 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 what's called um, uh, uh, some emotions or, or credit stored between us in our bank, in the emotional bank. You understand what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and accordingly, it becomes very, very economic relation. Economic, mm -hmm. you know what's meaning economic? No, no emotions, no, it's about just give and take. I don't care about you, you don't care about me. Each person is for himself. And uh, we are just here people who must spend time together in this place and that's all. Yeah, yeah. And, that's why, and that's why for anybody who's listening to this uh, episode, I hope that you take the opinion or the, the what Christian is doing right now and try it for yourself for one month or two months. Meet with your team members uh, via uh, online calls or offline one time per week, half an hour, right, Christian? Half an hour without any expectations, without any agenda. One of the things also that I recommend, uh, maybe this is what you are doing already, but I will just add to it. Um, uh, don't make it predictable. 
don't make it predictable. What does it mean? If the people got used in a sequence that this discussion, that this discussion will happen in a specific way or in a specific sequence each week, it will become boring. It will become as if it's checkbox. You understand? Yeah. But, but the people has to feel autonomy, freedom to discuss any topic in any specific way, in any specific sequence. One time you can make it in the office. One time you can make it outside. One time you can take around around the building with them in order that we are making it a little bit active and not all the time standard yeah yeah i have my weekly call or meeting with christian and i know exactly he will ask me about the weekend and i will tell him this no we need to break this uh, uh, cycle right christian yeah. yeah fully agree with you fully agree with you as at least um it should be it sh should be absolutely freestyle okay. each and every time yeah so the to meet each other and go outside and so on is a little bit difficult in the current situations yes, yes. with COVID, uh, unfortunately. But um, but uh, yeah, at the end, um, being yes. flexible during the meeting is super important. And by the way, um, it's it's not only about the one on one. I think the importance is as well to um, to. Um, to take the entire team. So this is what I do once a week. I take the entire team together in a meeting um, to share updates, thoughts, and uh, discuss topics. Hmm. Um, I see this as a big value and uh, super important because um, so even in every organization, uh, information uh, are running in different ways and yes. uh, reaching different people, not always the people that should reach the information. So that's the way how I make sure that um, a couple of information are crossing by me and maybe my team that got it and some information maybe ended up by my team because they are in special projects which might interest others in the team. So I make sure that they are all aligned on those topics as well. And um, so this is how I try to make the communication flow uh, um, happen. And sometimes even everyone get the same information, but the interpretation is different, right? And may maybe sometimes they, even it's hard to understand the information that is crossing by. So uh, we use some time during this, um, doing such a meeting and uh, discuss about special information if it is needed. So. I, I, I think I think this is even extremely important. Uh, at, um, at the beginning of our discussion, you said you started in a small uh, company. Uh, for the past years, you are working at Molex. Molex, I think, is 50 billion or something. This, I don't know, more or less, 50 billion US dollars company. So, uh, so it's a big company with matrix hierarchy. And accordingly, the information flow will not reach every person or the information will not be con uh, what's called consolidated at a specific table or one specific person per se. And that's why it's important that we share together or we speak together in order to connect the dots. Yeah. And to make sure that we are all aligned. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And it's a, the, the, this, um, this kind of meetings and where we are all together is as well um, important uh, when you talk about the initial question was about um, engagement, right? Yes. Um, it's important to keep the team together so that they there's even no barrier between the teams, right? Especially when you are all sitting in different locations, yes. uh, maybe even in different languages. Um, um, then uh, it's it's super important to have something like a point where you meet together. And in this case, um, I can tell you, I I've I've worked pretty much before COVID. I've pretty much worked at the at the location, and um, I even would say. 
just by the nature of how we human interact, it's pretty easy to build relationship with each and everyone you, you meet on the floor. Yes. On the same time, I had managers sitting on different uh, other locations. And it was for me always tough to keep the same, to, to have the same um, closeness, to be as, yes. the same as close as like I am with the people who I meet on the floor. So having COVID now, um, I do have all my one-on-ones via Teams. Um, so that's why it's, um, it's, I, have this, I have the same distance to each and everyone. And so I make my thoughts each and every time how I, let's say, destroy the distance, even though we are only on Teams. So that's why we um, always have um, a video camera on so that we can see each other, see how someone is laughing or maybe have a question or face. So it's super important. So then you can rephrase your topics or questions. And um, so that, that helps us very much even in the entire team. And... Um, I know there's a lot of things uh, people thought about how to overcome those things like meeting for Christmas coffee or whatever. Um, so the way I want to share the way how we did it, um, especially in the in the first COVID uh, Christmas time. Um, um, so I, I invited my entire team to such a meeting. So we have this frequently on the Friday afternoon. And I said, the next time we will just make a coffee uh, break there through, uh, during this meeting. Um, so I went out and, and bought some small boxes and packages and packed everything what you need to have a good coffee break. So some kind of special teas, coffees, uh, special uh, cake, uh, uh, a small kennel and those stuff. Mm -hmm. So I sent that out through all of them um, to their homes. And um, so they've been a little bit surprised about the package, um, about the, let's say, pre-Christmas package. But it was super funny because we all had the same equipment um, um, in front of us while we are having this uh, coffee break, the Christmas coffee break. I told you this episode will be an outstanding one. And I'm sure this will be one of the best ones that the people will get to learn a lot of things from. Because what you said right now, uh, Christian, uh, let, let's face the reality. It's something small. It's not uh, something which caused you a lot of money or a lot of effort, but see the difference, see the impact. And that's what I'm always saying to the people when we, or specifically the leaders, small things make a huge difference. It's exactly like when you are at home. Okay. You don't have to deal with your spouse in a specific way, your wife or your husband, you don't have to deal in a super specific way. You don't have to buy things which are outside of your reach and fancy cars and fancy houses and, and, and the airplanes, all this stuff. No, the small acts from time to time, especially the unexpected acts, can take you huge uh, extra mile away. Yes, yeah. And there is a reason, by the way, uh, for this, because uh, the dopamine, one of the happy chemicals, one of the four happy chemicals in the brain, okay, it's being released mainly. One of the ways that's being released in the brain is through unexpected events. Mm -hmm. So one of the best things that you did, even that you send them this box directly, you know, this even far better. If they get the box after you tell them there is a box coming, it's cool. But what even doubled the effect of dopamine was that they got the box maybe in front of them directly without uh, a previous notification. Yes, yeah. sir? So, so small acts, can make a huge difference. So thank you, thank you really. I'm thanking you, even though I was not working with you there in the team, but I'm thanking you for these things because we need more humans in the working environment. 
okay because i'm really concerned about the future of my kids and your kids yeah. what will happen after 10 20 years from now uh, with this speed with the 5g with the with the with the, where people working 24 7 globalization we are connected like we've been ne never connected before with teleconferences with china with japan with every place in the world and if we don't add this human touch if we don't try to make the right things in this atmosphere we will be really robots sooner yeah. or later we'll be robots and the people will not survive that's why it's important to have people like you inside companies yes sir thank, thank you, you Christian, really thank you speaking about the team and we spoke mm -hmm. right now that you have people here have people there but COVID made everybody the same how do you assess the performance of your team members for example are you doing it via the standard performance reviews or do you have any other special ways yeah this is this is this is a very good question um um and i i want to open up this topic um, um by a thought that i think one of the biggest issue is that managers have is they think they know their people good enough to assess their performance on their own um, and why I'm saying this is, um, um, I think I really learned to, to understand the importance of 360 feedbacks. And uh, so this 360 feedbacks means to everyone who does not know it, but I think a lot of people know this, but it's to get the feedback of a lot of other people, or at least more than your, uh, your own feedback. Um, with regards to your the employee that you want to give a feedback on, um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of um, important important things you need to consider, especially when you are doing things like this. On the one hand, um, if you if you use this culture and work in a culture where you work with 360 feedbacks, uh, you the one or the other time you will be asked to give your feedback. This is the first thing I think. One of the the important parts is there. Uh, to to give a good and proper feedback to the person that you've been asked about um, and the importance here is what i usually do i always give a perspective on it so because i know um i give a judgment on a person and i have persons where i have a very strong relationship with where i need to give feedback i have persons where i just worked with them and didn't have any more deeper uh, relationship so i always when any managers coming to me and asking me for 360 feedbacks i give them as with my feedback an honest perspective on from where i'm looking on this person what is my relationship to this person so that that they have a good chance to judge on it where i worked it and from where my feedback is coming from i think it's super important uh, because otherwise we might end up in um misinterpreting the feedback that we yes. get from others right yes um this is when i give feedback to to let's say managers who are asking me for 360 feedback for their employees yes. um but uh, especially when we when we talk about judging my own team and employees uh, in my own team um one of the big important parts of the 360 feedback is um asking the right people so on the one hand, you, you can ask nearly everyone, but I think it's important to, um, to 
do not ask more than five, six people um, to really work with the feedback that you get. And from this point of view, it's important that you make the right selection of who you ask so that you really, it does not make sense if you if all of the people you ask are looking from the same direction to this person, right? Yes, so yes. Why I'm depending on, due to the fact that I'm as well manager of managers, um, I sometimes ask their employees about what they judge about their manager. Um, I get to try to get feedback from their peers, uh, from others of upper management. I sometimes look that I find people from outside of the organization that have a relationship to this person so that they sometimes you get a little bit colored feedback from the inside yes. right and a more uncolored uh, feedback uh, from when you are asking from outside of the organization so i think those are very important parts in the selection um, um, of this uh, feedback and the other one is um I think it's super important that the people who you are asked about feedback, and especially when you go the way and ask the a person out of the team of this manager hmm. about, about the feedback, you, they need to understand that you are not asking them that they bypass the manager and complaining about this person. And they surely can complain about this person, right? But it's the importance of this is they need to understand that I, as Christian, I am. I do understand that I don't have the full view. Yes. I cannot have the entire 360 view. That's why I ask them for help to give me a, an additional perspective on yes. this manager. And if if we would if we would be already in a perfect world, all this feedback that this person gives to me, um, so this this employee gives to me would have been already given to um, to the manager um, itself. I want to add the, something. I, I want to add something. Sorry for interruption, but just to make it clear for the people here, because sometimes some people can get confused. Um, uh, remember, uh, everybody who's hearing this uh, episode, uh, Christian uh, is on a director level. So the people who are reporting to him are most of them are managers already. That's what he means when he means when he's ref referring to managers a lot of times, or for example, when he's saying, I'm asking for a feedback regarding these managers. He's speaking about the, the, the first layer under him who are already managers. And he is speaking about other people who are surrounding these managers in order to give the feedback uh, uh, to Christian himself so that he have a full view. Yeah, right. Thank you very much for clarification. Yes, absolutely uh, correct. I'm talking about, let's say, my direct reports who are yes. as well managed, and they have as well teams, and I go into those teams and talk with them or um, ask them for feedback. And uh, and what I what I um, what I figured out in those discussions is that there's sometimes barriers for those team members to to judge their own boss, right, and yes. or to give feedback on their own boss. So you see interesting feedbacks sometimes they are full of good about this person and you say it's good it's and i'm appreciate if if i see as well the good things um but at the end what i i what i really what what i'm really looking for is where can i improve the person my direct reports right so yes. this is where can i help them where where's our focus point but um this is, let's say, the one thing um, what you need to make sure when you get your feedback, 
Uh, and then at the end, or let's say one of the important things as well is to judge the feedback in the right way. And this is what I, what I mean by who gave you the feedback, out of which perspective come, came the feedback. Do I get five times, hey, this is a wonderful person, and one time I get the, the information, oh, this person really, I don't like it. However, he's always messing up or whatever. So you can very much challenge and, uh, and check for where the feedback comes from, what is meant behind, and never give this feedback unfiltered back to your employee, so the direct report, right? Um, always look on it, judge it, form it, structure it, so that you can really make something out of it that is useful for the employee. And especially useful is, is the important part. And the most important part, something that is not destroying your direct uh, uh, report, right? Yes. That's super important. And especially a, a lot of feedback can be very harsh, right? Yes. When you get them. So that's why it's important to uh, rephrase it. And especially with the, this is, then this is the, 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 the leader role in you that now needs to work. You need to take this feedback and convert it really to something meaningful, something that is helping your, um, your direct thought to improve and especially something 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 also what i what i always say to the leaders something that the other person can just take and work on what does it mean i hate when somebody goes to someone and say no matter if this is your manager your leader or a friend and say you need to improve your self-confidence what does it mean improve self-confidence which what exactly what evidence do you have to show in which situations that you figured out that i lack confidence so that we discuss them together. This is first. Second, what can I do to improve my confidence? If you are leading someone, you have responsibility to coach this person, to give him advice. How can he or she do these things? Don't just tell him generic things. You need to be more kind. You need uh, to be faster. You need to be, you need to be uh, what's called uh, to, uh, uh, to get to the point fast. Yes, but if you tell me this one and I just leave your office, I'll be thinking, uh, why did he say so? What evidence he has? And at the same time, what can I do? Yeah, mm -hmm. So it's, yes. not, it's not only that we just have to say to the people, what's the problem? No, sometimes you have to rephrase the problem, make them understand that we are telling them this for their improvement. And at the same time, give them a way how we can help them in order to improve these things. But, yeah. but, but wait a second, Christian. Does this mean that uh, uh, when you are assessing the performance of the people, you don't get them at the one time per year in this uh, closed room and you look at them and say, okay, guys, uh, we agreed on these four goals at the beginning of the year. This is met, this is met, no go, no, yes, go outside. The meeting is finished in 10 minutes. No? No, no, <laughs> that's not the way you should do it. <laughs> yeah. No. Because, because, because I have people who are coming, asking me for advice, not specifically yeah. in, in, in a very high positions, but in general. I never heard, I never heard, and I'm doing what I'm doing right now as a consultant coach. I'm in it since 2016, six years, at the end, uh, in the time of doing this podcast. And I never saw somebody who came to me and said that uh, the company or my leader or me, we are taking this uh, 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 review, end of year review seriously. They, say, they always say, we predict what will happen. We predict how long it will take. We predict what the other person will speak about or our leader will speak or manager will speak about. And also we predict that uh, he will come 
put specific goals or, for example, ask and assess the goals, and even on a time constraint, which means, for example, that they will come uh, usually to the person and start trying to steal 15 minutes to make this review. So it's not only, hey, this is determined, we will sit now. No, they keep postponing it and postponing it and postponing it because their calendar is full. And this gives the impression uh, to the other people, the person who is being reviewed, that it's not important. It's something on the side. I see this hundreds of times. I get this feedback from the people all the time. It's very, very rare that we find somebody doing this performance review right and on top of all of this, doing it in a good way like you. I had... I had, sorry, sorry, the last thing that I will say, the only person that I heard doing it to give him credit for this was a person that I interviewed also for the podcast in one of the episodes. Uh, the people also, the listeners will hear his uh, episode when he was speaking about how he was evaluating and assessing the performance of his team and how he's helping them. He said in a, in a very good way. Yeah, I want to I want to be careful. I'm far away from being perfect in that direction. That's what I tell you. I, a lot of those things I discovered on my own as well. You usually have a lot of pressure in your daily business, right? Yes. And it, at the end, uh, surely um, you always think about, okay, when is the right point to make such a feedback session? Because um, it's important that you really take your time for the people, right? Exactly. And, and the important part is as well, um, that, uh, yeah, although you might plan one, one and a half, or even two hours for such a session, if the, there's more things that the person wants to discuss, I usually don't want to break it up, right? So that's yes. why usually I put this more on the end of the day. So yes. it's on both both parties' decision to, to just extend the time and take more time to discuss, right? Um, but yes, uh, so we, we, I, I struggled and fall and stumbled and fall with this topic as well. So I'm yes. far away from perfect, but uh, that's, that's the point, by the way, that I give in every feedback to the team when I judge them or give them improvement um, um, uh, criteria, ideas or topics, um, they very well know that I don't think I'm perfect and that we are constantly want to improve in our entire life. And that's why um, we only need others to help us to give us a view from outside where are the right things where we need to focus on, right? Exactly. And just to, to name something that you need, you can improve, um, does not directly mean that you are bad in it. It's just when you, when you judge, when you look on yourself um, and uh, see where you are already very good in, um, there may be things where you're, where you can improve. You're already good, but you you could be same as good as in the other topics that you are that you are doing. Then those could be focus areas, and you can take all your effort for the next year, for example, to focus on this topic. And you know that the others um, you are already in a pretty good shape, and you can take a little bit energy out of those uh, to focus on the specific point. Hundred percent true. Speaking about the performance reviews and in the same in, in the same context, what do you usually do if you discover that the performance of one of your team members is low, or it was high but suddenly dropped for any reason? What would you do? Um, this is usually the point where I go very much in the details. I uh, for me it's important. I want to understand. Um, um, I really hate it to judge judge on only what I'm seeing directly. Um, um, for me, it's important to to understand the root cause, 
um, um, and I think everything has a reason, especially if someone is was a good performer and suddenly is um, somehow the performance is dropping. There's a reason for it, right? Absolutely. Um, and as it's even if I take over people who might not be the big performer, um, um, maybe even underperformer, I look into the details there as well to discover what is what is driving this person. Um, what is why do anyone judge this person um, as a maybe less performer? And um, you find very interesting things when you discover those things where you really can where you really can put improvements on as a manager. Um, sometimes it's um, sometimes it's stupid things like the, the team environment they are sitting. Sometimes it's the work they are doing. Sometimes they feel maybe overwhelmed of a specific topic. Um, um, it's it's really it's it's really it's a pretty it can be pretty different things. But if you understand the root cause, you can really change it, and you can pretty often I've seen to make out of a so-called underperformer, person who is performing performing in a good way. And even sometimes um, when you discover the right things, they can be high performer in specific things, right? So that's why it's super important um, um, to, to take time and get to the root cause of it. Remember, remember the first question that we spoke about, the first thing when you said that um... Uh, the, the the one thing that the newly appointed leader should uh, leader should focus on is uh, when they are appointed in a leadership a leadership position is to build trust. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm yeah. coming back to this point. If you do this right, you will not have a problem at all to to move somebody who is a, a good performer or, for example, had a drop in his performance to become to come back to make uh, to be a top performer, because there will not be a barrier. You will get used yeah. to each other and you will be able to speak together openly from the heart and accordingly you will be able to help. So I want to return back to what you said. Because you started in this way, Christian, or you said it in the first thing, it's easy after this to see that anything else can be recovered. Specifically, for example, in your, in your case, if this is your motto, to start with trust, then it will be easy to recover. If there is no trust, it will be very hard for me to come right now when I have a drop and tell you as my leader, without fear, what's the real problem is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And but but I can even tell you, and that's why I fully agree with you. The importance is the basis of trust. But I can tell you um, that even with a good basis of trust, there's things and root causes behind the scene. Even there's even and it's it's not super rare um, that there are topics just in private life that are having an impact on the performance, right? Yes. Um, issues in the family, um, having any kind of parents who need more care, um, and so on and so on, right? Newborn kids, we all know how it is. If you, if you are a young father or a young mother, um, and this can be super stressful, changing your life. Um, and suddenly, and this is, this is the point where, where you as a good leader can make the difference. Um, but you need, to, you need to stick on it. Even with good trust, especially if it goes in such private life, um, most of the most of the team members you need to remember. Even if you if you 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 work like this way, um, most of them wasn't born in your in your team, right? They yes. had 
other managers before you and they might have treated them differently so they have been trained to better cover a couple of things and don't be so open yes. so that's why um you need very much time um uh, to, to get to those root causes and i i to be honest um i've seen this i've seen a lot of i've seen a lot of managers struggling with this and making very fast decisions on those employees and um there wasn't there was already the one or the other rescue situation that I need to take care to um, that we don't lose such persons, right? I will not mention a story, even though I would love to mention it about you, but I know that you will not like me to mention it here specifically. I will not mention it, but I will mention one phrase that you said in this story to me, uh, even though I'm dying to share this story. But anyway, you said to me before, uh, every person is an asset these people are never uh, costs they are assets if we don't value and benefit from these assets somebody else will yes you were telling me this before yeah absolutely super important yes okay the last question from your own point of view even though i i can estimate what you're going to say by the way but let's see from your own point of view what is one thing that if leaders focused on can raise and sustain the performance of a team inside a company. One thing. It will not be one thing. <laughs> Say whatever you want. Good. <laughs> it's at the end, a lean, clear, slash transparent and flexible working environment. That's mm. super important. And especially in this combination, I think the clear and transparency is, uh, is is if you follow this um, paradigm, it's super important because you well understand um, you well understand your team. This means your team well understands what you expect from them, um, and uh, the they the team has the understanding of where they need to focus on, and you need to you do better understand where you can focus on to support the team. Mm -hmm. So that's why uh, uh, clarity and um, and transparency is super important. Um, the flexibility is super important uh, because it will support you as a manager and your team whenever things will change. And um, believe me or not, things are going to change, change. <laughs> often and way more often than you will expect. And so that's why... Um, it's super important that you keep your team and the environment you are working in flexible to adjust to all the changes that are coming and crossing by. And the, the last, the third point is um, uh, lean. To be lean is super important, especially to avoid frustration. Mm. It's uh, important because if you, if you have a lean working environment and lean can be everything at the end and we, we will never be super lean, but we need to we need to go the direction to be lean, right? Yes. And um, this is super important to at the end to to be efficient um, with your team's uh, resources, and uh, this at the end will, like I said, avoid frustration. And um, um, when I 
when I think about um, how to, when you take your team and with all what we talked about, um, I have one, one picture in mind, how, how you in the best way, how you in the best way can manage your team or let's say give them guidance is uh, in the best case, you make each of your team members an individual superhero with, an, with a super might that's super important is mm. an individual super might and le let each other know about each individual super might. Mm. Um, because I can tell you, um, this will create a lot of things. This will help each other to ask for support. They know who they can ask for which kind of topic because they know the super might of each of them. Yes. Um, this will, they, they will value each other um, from person point of view in, individually. Um, this will give every team member uh, immediately guidance on what to focus on yes. and um, what is the expectation of the team member, um, especially when they want to further develop. Um, yes. So they know already their focus point um, and you avoid bad competition. And I'm not saying that competition is not good, but you avoid bad competition among the team because each and everyone knows already, oh, this is something I'm obviously being valued of in the team, right? Yes. And so this is something, and each and everyone can easily go to the other person and say, hey, we all know you are good in this topic. So I can go to you, I can ask for help. I don't need to feel ashamed because it's your super mighty, right? Yes. You can create so many good things with this kind of picture. And that's why I wanted to share it with you. No, it's amazing. The idea of each person is a superhero in the team and also to know the super skills of the other person so that they can go to this person when they need help in this area. This is amazing. I loved how you ended the, the interview, to be honest, uh, Christian. I, I, I don't know what to say, but I'm really thankful for all the information that you gave today. And before I close, would you want to, maybe you want to say anything? Do you want to say anything else to the people in general or, or, or that's it? I'm no. I'm at, at first. I'm thankful uh, very much, uh, Mohamed, about this um, the opportunity to speak here with you. And um, no, I think um, th the most of the things are said. Um, mm. And I wish each and every manager and each and every leader um, always a good judgment on uh, what everyone is doing. And um, yeah, I think the important part is stay human. Amazing. Christian Herman, ladies and gentlemen, and he is the Director of Organizational Efficiency at Molex Germany. Thank you so much, Christian, for being here with us. And I'm looking forward really to have you uh, in another interview. Maybe we can find new questions that I can think of and I can ask you during this time. And maybe we can make it in maybe a better situation face to face, as I said before, in one room that we are speaking in front of each other and not uh, through uh, online conferencing, all this stuff. But I'm, I'm thankful that you are here and looking forward to the feedbacks of the people when they hear this interview, because I believe that a lot of people can benefit a lot from the, the tips that you shared. Thank you so much for being here, Christian, and see you in the next time. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you as well.